This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We're going to talk about nothing because I'm tired and I don't want to record. So that's the end of the episode. And then we're going to do some IndyCar stuff. We'll briefly dump all over F1 because nobody cares about it anymore. And yeah, I don't have any fun questions beforehand. Oh, the winner of the poll for the nicknames was Pit Crew. So y'all are part of the pit crew. We're going to make a hot mic segment in the future because that name is too good to not use for some ridiculous sort of segment at some point in show future. And there's so much racing this weekend. We have gateway. We have follow the leader F1. We have NASCAR. Do we have IMSA too? IMSA is. Yes. It's at VIR. VIR. We were just talking about that four minutes ago. And I think NHRA is off before U.S. Nationals, which is next weekend in Indianapolis. All right. So we'll start. I don't know. Do you want to start with Erickson or do you want to start with Foyt and Penske? Either one. Let's start with Foyt and Penske. I have the article up, so I'll run through this one and we'll go back and forth. So they're the new partnership, which is super cool is AJ Foyt and Team Penske. The relationship will expand in the coming years. For the rest of this year, Foyt will be able to take part, will be able to use dampers and tech support from Team Penske, which is pretty epic, especially for a Foyt team. While you might not see them be podium contenders, maybe this will get them at least some positive success over the last couple of races. Then going forward, the relationship will expand. We'll see Penske place young crew and engineering staff within Foyt. So if you're getting hired by Penske and you go to Foyt, I feel like that's probably another good step, at least a a good step in the right direction. And then when the Penske Force Indy driver or drivers are ready to graduate from Indy Lights, Foyt will be there to be able to run a development car. And yeah, so, you know, Penske has a similar thing on the NASCAR side with Wood Brothers Racing, which is usually pretty good. I don't think they're as good this year, but nonetheless, still still really cool. Larry Foyt was the one who kind of reignited this discussion at some point, I think, earlier this year. And we'll talk to Larry in September, I think. I'm trying to work on that, so go Larry. But yeah, somebody sent me this when I was, when I was actually... Walking back from 
date night last night. So I honestly didn't read the entire article until like five minutes before you and I sat down to record here. So what do you think? I'm excited. I feel like I have heard in the past that dampers were a big issue for Foy. I don't know if that's accurate, but correct me if I'm Probably. wrong. That sounds like something that I think I've heard Larry say in the past. And so this is going to go a long way. Obviously, we know Penske is one of the front runners in terms of the damper program that they have. And I think a lot of people wish that they could use them and know the magic that they put into them because I know it's a lot more complex than it, it sounds. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm excited because I think maybe this means that Foyt runs an extra car in the future, like that development sure. car you just kind of yep. alluded to. And they get to build some talent in terms of both the crew and the drivers. And I think it, it's, it's going to give them a much needed revival. This was a, a good move. And it's cool to see two legendary names pair up in a way. I mean, yeah. neither one is taking over the other or anything. They're they're both there. Foyt is still remaining a separate team. They're just going to go into a Michael Shank or Meyer Shank type alliance and see what they can get out of it. I, I don't see any downside to this. Correct. It's probably the best thing that has happened to AJ Foyt Racing since like Takuma Sato won 10 years ago. I think it was yeah. 10 years ago. So 2013, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm really excited. I think it's I hope it's like a breath of fresh air for the Foyt crew who, you know, kind of by the end of the year, every year, the last couple of years, they they seem very demoralized. And I get it. It's hard. And you know, you're 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 in a tough spot most weekends. So it's super cool. I'm really excited to see how it kind of progresses over the next couple of years and maybe gets Foyt back to some relevancy in terms of how the team does on a weekend by weekend basis, or at least gets more eyes on them. I, I know I've talked to a few people who have said that there's drivers already reaching out to Foyt in terms of maybe interest in being part of that team. So you're, you know, maybe sponsors are also reaching out to Foyt saying, okay, you know what, now we hear Penske is working with you guys. We want to be a part of that. So it it's helping in, in more directions than maybe even Larry and, Tim Sindrick originally thought of or thought of, you know, when they developed this idea, but super cool. And I'm really excited. I wanted to ask you, this sort of takes Foyt, I would argue, and I think we'll see it, not maybe immediately, but over time. They were, I'd argue, the bottom of the IndyCar standings in terms of yeah, just teams and expectations of how you'd see them do. They had just seemed to lag behind over, you know, maybe a decade, like you just mentioned with, you know, their last win, right? So if they start to move forward and move up the rankings and improve, who takes their place at the bottom of the pile? Oh boy. That's a good question. Let me let me look at the standings right here. So man. All right, so let's let's say they move up. Honestly, Ed Carpenter, no Ed Carpenter Racing. I think I think yeah. So we're gonna take out Ed from the standings here. But Connor is in twenty fourth. Granted, some of his races haven't been with Ed Carpenter, but still kind of not overly great. VK is in fifteenth. He has. I don't think he has 
I'm looking up his stats here. He's got one top 10 on the season. I think that was an Indy, like a ninth or a 10th. Yeah, because Connor then finished in ninth or 10th behind, right behind or right in front of EK. So, I mean, they pretty much have no pace almost anywhere except Indy right now. They don't qualify well. They don't race well. So, I mean, you could make the argument like maybe Dale Coyne Racing because they're probably going to have two new drivers again next year. But I don't know. I think like if we're handicapping it now, like Ed Carpenter would be my pick. Ed Carpenter Racing would be my pick. Yeah, I'd say it's hard to argue with that because they also seem like a team that's kind of lagged behind. And, you know, Ryan Hunter-Ray is in that seat that Connor vacated and we haven't seen him do anything special. And yeah. so if there was one driver who has the experience and probably the ability to take that car and do something with it, that would be noticeable in terms of improved performance or results. I'd argue it was probably Ryan Hunter Ray and it's, it just hasn't happened. So I think they're kind of lost right now. I think they've, they've yeah. lost a lot of, their engineers. I don't know necessarily where they've gone, but I just remember reading in the news over, you know, past few years that people have left for other teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. What do we have next? The one other piece of IndyCar news is the big bomb that dropped today, Wednesday, as we're recording. And that was the fact that Marcus Erickson is leaving the Ganassi team and he is headed over to Andretti Autosport. We already know that Kyle Kirkwood's there for the future, and we yep. know that Colton Hurd is there. So not sure if Marcus is heading into the 28 car or the 29 car. Not, I mean, I'm not. we don't know if Roma is leaving the team. have heard pretty much nothing about that. He... I don't know, has just not shown that well this year. I don't think he's been all right at a number of places, but he's been a bit of his early F1 self of where he has the (laughs) speed and generally qualifies well. And then just something happens in the race. I think there's a number of times on street courses where he's gotten close, right? And then he's just been wrecked or crashed or gotten into some kind of an on-track incident with somebody. So who knows if he's staying there? But if that's going to be the lineup, that'll be very interesting because two former F1 guys there and obviously in Colton and Kyle, two people who have been talked about as potential future F1 drivers. Andretti obviously still has F1 aspirations. It's It's just kind of an interesting move and it's not one that we were surprised by because we'd been hearing all these rumors about what Marcus getting upset or not upset, but just frustrated with not being paid what he deserves as a race winner and an Indy 500 winner and somebody who, you know, has contended for the championship multiple years now. Yeah. I think honestly, I don't have anything to add to that. That's like anything different than what you said, but if I were, again, we're going to use betting terms here. If I were handicapping it, I would say Grosjean is probably uh you know gone from andretti i don't know about gone from indycar i could see gone from indycar but gone from andretti and i think erickson will probably do well there i don't know maybe not as consistently strong as he does at ganassi because ganassi is such a freaking powerhouse 
but you know, good for him to get out of, you know, paying for a ride every year and just being able to, you know, collect a salary, like, you know, probably half the grade or, or so. I know Marcus said he thinks 15 of the 27 drivers are, you know, receive, you know, pay drivers and not bring funding drivers. I don't know if it's really 15. I think there are some that are probably like 50, 50 sort of thing, sort of split. So I would say that number is close to like 12, but that's just a guess. Interesting. I guess maybe off the air, we can try to take a guess of who's paid versus who's bringing money. But I think that's an interesting point you just made about how well he's going to do at Andretti. Obviously, they've had more inconsistent performance than Ganassi. And I think Marcus has done really well at Ganassi. So who knows if this is going to, his results are going to take a hit at all. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I'd still put Andretti as, you know, one of the next best teams that he could have joined if he's set on receiving Ganassi. For sure. So it's still that Honda relationship as well. I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't see Roman continuing either, and I don't really know if I could place a bet on who would replace Marcus in that number eight car. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I think I think Chip Ganassi is going to have a very young team next year, and this is just a gut. I know nothing. I don't know any. Nobody has told me anything in particular. I have not asked anything in particular. But, yeah, that's just a guess. All right, before we get to F1, we'll talk very briefly about Gateway. We'll make predictions in a second. I have all the times in front of me right here. Saturday, it's just Saturday and Sunday, so you don't have to worry about anything Friday, which is good because it's supposed to be about 100 degrees Friday in St. Louis. Practice one is 11 a.m. Eastern. Qualifying starts at 2 p.m. on Peacock, and then practice... Two, there's a high line practice for a half hour, and then the main practice, which is on Peacock, starts at 5.45 p.m. Eastern. I don't know if I'll be able to watch anything on Saturday. Sunday, the race, green flag, is 3.36 p.m. Eastern, NBC. So there is that. Again, we have the, oh, yeah. like you and I have mentioned, pretty much on multiple driver interviews since like February, that there's the alternate compound on the oval this weekend you know which was apparently a very big revelation two days ago um i don't know a lot of people forgot about that yeah i don't know what was going on there but you know they they can't run it in qualifying they can they can run one set in practice i think it's the morning practice they get to use it so an article up about it yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure saturday morning's practice session yes yeah so, you know, you're not going to be able to get a huge race run with the alternate oval tires in a Saturday practice before qualifying because you're going to want to set your car up for some qualifying runs. So I think the unknown is super interesting. I'm sure Firestone is probably going you know, relatively conservative because they don't want this tire to fall off in like three laps and then drivers are just like, you know, what the F is going on? But I think it's going to really vary the strategies. And honestly, as somebody said in our podcast group the other day, I wish they did this at Iowa so that Joseph Newgarden didn't lead 400 out of 401 laps that weekend. He still may have. He, he still may have. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he probably would have. Okay. With that being said, who's having a good weekend? 
good weekend. I should probably have the list of the drivers up, but I'm just freewheeling it right now. So I'm going to guess on that and say somebody maybe a little bit different. I'll see if I can guess. I mean, I'd love to say co-host Malukas. I feel like that's an obvious choice. So yeah. maybe I'll just go with him because okay. I, I don't want to jinx him or anything, but I, I want to see yeah. him do well. And, you know, we know he's heading somewhere else next year. And I feel like this is his opportunity to follow up on his excellent performance last year and really show, you know, that his talent is maybe being held back a little bit by his equipment. All right, fair. I'm taking Pato. I, I think... This is a good track for him, and you know we are three quarters away through the season, and he still doesn't have a win yet this year. So I think this is a really good chance for him to break into the win column. Okay, who is having a bad weekend? Bad weekend, unfortunately, I think is going to be Connor Daly, who is subbing into the Jack Harvey car. I just don't think he's going to come to grips with it as immediately. Maybe he will, but I, for some reason, I just, I don't have a great feeling about it. All right. I am taking Ed Carpenter's racing, right? Well, I can't find his name on this entry list. Yeah. Cause it's an oval. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking Ed Carpenter. Okay. All right. Last one. Will we have, since it's a noble, will we have a red flag? Ooh, a red toward, flag? Towards the end of the race. Not like, you know, not if something crazy happens, you know, an end, an end of race red flag. I'm going to say no. I, I do think we'll have some significant yellow periods because there are going to be some drivers who don't really know how to, I guess, end a stint on these new alternate tires and that's yeah. going to be sketchy, but I don't think okay. there will be a red. I think that's something kind of reserved. Well, I used to think it was reserved for like more super speedways, but I guess Iowa, Iowa happened. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Just because you said no, I'm, I'm not totally convinced there will be, but yes, there will be. Okay. That's all we have for IndyCar. There's a little bit of F1 news. F1 races at Zandvoort this weekend. Max Verstappen is going to win. One of your favorite tracks, though. It is one of my favorite tracks. Red Bull is going to do great. Ferrari is going to suck. There's our predictions. What's the news? <laughs> I have a little bit more than that, a little more nuance going on than that. <laughs> I, I still, my undying love for F1 will will still shine through here. Yeah, mine We don't will. have as much news because the summer break yeah, is now coming to an end. We've been dormant for the better part of three weeks, I think, or almost four weeks, four, three, four weeks. Yeah, yeah. But I've got two little discussion topics. And the okay. first of which is that Max Verstappen, brace yourself for this, uh, was speeding okay. on, on the road in his Aston Martin Valkyrie. He was going over the speed limit and there was a video where, you know, people had to zoom in and see his speedometer, I guess, and see, you know, that he was speeding, try to pull a gotcha. Let me just say a couple things. He was driving an Aston Martin Valkyrie designed by Adrian Newey. It has a 6.5 liter V12 and an electric motor. Okay. 
this the V12 alone delivers a thousand and one horsepower. And it this car gets to zero to sixty in two point three seconds. That's like close to electric car, like full electric Tesla plaid sure. mode. Sure. Not so acceleration. He was caught going, what was it? 77 miles an hour. It was in a I, I had to try to convert because it was all in kilometers per hour. Wait, people he was are caught going. Let me see what it was. It was a 90 kilometer per hour speed zone, which let's figure out exactly what that is. 90 is 55. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, he was said to be going like 120 or above, which is like 74, 75 miles an hour. Yes. So let me just say this. Um, people on U.S. highways where the speed limit is 55 easily go 75, 80, and nothing happens to them. I know that in Europe, it is different. And they have cameras everywhere, and there's a lot more fine fining going on for speeding. But the people that are suggesting that Max is going to face legal action or be in jail for the Dutch Grand Prix are Nuts. insane. They're unhinged. Yeah, they're just making the biggest thing out of nothing. Do we not expect an F1 driver driving a supercar on the road to exceed the speed limit a little bit? I think I might be disappointed if he didn't. Uh, yeah, he's, the guy's off, 25 years old or 24, 25. Like, come on. You're going to tell me that Senna didn't go like 200 miles an hour in a road car on the highway at some point on public roads? Or these, that's just, these guys are incredibly talented. And yes, okay, he was speeding, but this is just so asinine. So one, this isn't like when like Mazepin was like groping women in a car going 150 miles an hour. This is going, you know, first True. off, a uh, second Drunk. off, I should say, I only, Drunk driving. or I guess he wasn't know, driving, but his friend, yeah, like a good Philadelphian, I only go the speed limit and I never go above the speed limit. I don't know what you're talking about going 75 on the highway. I only go the speed limit. So, you know, and I am not, we impatient. both live on the East coast. I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know what you're talking about, but also like 74 miles an hour, like, yeah, sure. It's fast, but he wasn't, you know, his feet weren't hanging out the window. Like, let's just move on and stop making everything a big deal. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting 
the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chicken flag. Yeah, I, I agree. What's, what's next? Speaking of moving on and not making oh. things a big deal, I think oh, no. Felipe Massa might need to hear that advice because remember when we talked about he may be trying to, I don't know, start some sort of legal action yeah, to reverse the results of the 2008 championship where he lost he thought he won and then you know lewis made up the positions he needed i think it was on timo glock on the last lap and entered lagos and snatched the championship away fine basically he made some claims that bernie ecclestone had told him that they knew about Crashgate and the singapore grand prix in 2008 and they should have taken action on it. And so he's making this whole argument that because of that, the, the championship results are illegitimate and he should have gotten, I don't know, a different result from whoever that race ended. Anyway, he has submitted, what does it say? A letter before claim to the FIA and the Formula One management, which sets out the details basically of what he's hoping to do in court. And according to the document, he alleges that he was the victim of a conspiracy, that the FIA and the like Formula One management deliberately failed to take action, even after becoming aware of this. And he's addressed this letter to Stefano Domenicali and Mohammed Ben Salam, alleging that they are two bodies, and they weren't even in power, neither one of them at the time. Right. Motive to avoid scandal has cost him tens of millions of euros in lost earnings and, and bonuses. He basically he's the rightful driver championship and they ignored misconduct that cheated him out of that title. And so he wants basically the losses of if he had been the 2008 world champion. I'll just say well, one thing. Yeah. Wasn't it in 2009 that he got hit in the eye? And basically it altered his career. Like he was out for a significant portion of 2009 because he was hit by some piece of debris that went through his helmet into his eye. And like, he was never really the same after that. Was it 2009? I think that's when it was. I have to be honest with you. I have no idea. I'm going to need to fact check myself, but my instincts yeah. are strong on this one. So it's not like I think that, I mean, it's a crapshoot, right? Yeah, whether he would have con continued to go on and be champion or made a lot of money anyway. But this is just so bitter, ridiculous. Yeah, in 2009, it was at the, I don't know where it was. He finished third at the Hungar at the German Grand Prix and then he did not start the Hungarian Grand Prix and was out for the rest okay. of the season. And he came back and he never won another race in F1. I mean, he was on the podium, but right. never won another race. So who knows if that changed his, he said it didn't, but what a loser. This yeah, is the way once... you want to win that championship or you're going to whine about it and cry so they'll pay you. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. The fact that he's even willing to do this in public, just such a crybaby. Yeah, the only thing I have to add is I saw something that was like, once the race is done, the results can't be changed. And once a season is done, the champion can't be changed. So if there's a... Not 21, Not yeah. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not going to do this now because then they'd have so, to revisit so many championships yeah 
in 15 years, we're going to have to hear Lewis Hamilton fans complain. Well, what about Felipe Massa? Uh, anyway, before I go totally off the rails, I have nothing to add to this because it's such a money grab. It's nothing's going to change, like you said. And it just makes me more and more irritated with the F1 world. And I don't want to be a total curmudge- curmudgeon today because I... Too late. I, st- I still have... <laughs> I, st- I still have... Uh, work to do tonight so you know and i'm hungry so before i go totally off the rails yeah nothing is you know nothing is changing so yeah it's dumb it's annoying felipe massa is a crybaby and yeah okay so let's go to times for this weekend at zanvort that you have and then we'll wrap we're gonna we should skip f1 predictions because nothing's gonna change Oof, that would be a bold move. I can make my own predictions then. Okay, you make your own predictions. I am I am forfeiting my F1 predictions this week. That's sad. Okay. <laughs> so the practice one, practice one starts at 6.30 a.m. on Friday. Practice two is at 10 a.m. Practice three is Saturday morning at 5.30 a.m. Wow. Qualifying is at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and then the race is at 9 a.m. on Sunday. And this is the Heineken Dutch Grand Prix, so oh, oh. everyone should drink a Heineken, I guess, this weekend. I don't know. Oof, I tried awful. Heineken Silver recently, and it was good. Yeah, it's regular Heineken. Regular Heineken is horrendous. It's like the most disgusting beer I've ever had. Yeah, uh, there are more disgusting beers than regular Heineken, but I, I do agree with you about it not being very good. Okay, what are your predictions? I will now make predictions. Just do good and bad. Keep it's it, just keep who's going to do well and yeah. who's not going to do well. So yeah. I'm still interested. I think <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what McLaren does. Okay. So let's just say McLaren as a team, I think they're going to do well. And they're going to maybe be the second best to Red Bull. Okay. Perhaps. We will see. And who's going to be bad? Oh, actually, I want to mention one more thing after this, but that just that I think I sent it to you. Bad will be Lance Stroll. I think he has the largest gap to his teammate. And I mean, his teammate is an elite driver. Yeah. But I think Aston Martin has hit a wall in terms of development and they've fallen behind. So I don't really see them continuing their streak that we saw at the beginning of the season unfortunately fair enough the other thing i wanted to mention real quick yeah yeah was that video that i saw it was some other podcast i think i saw it on tiktok or instagram saying that if we think about this mick schumacher absolutely destroyed i think it was like the red flags podcast i haven't listened to that show but mick schumacher destroyed nikita mazepin Yep. Mick Schumacher was then thoroughly not humiliated, but he was, you know, pretty much Wallet. owned by Kevin Magnuson, who is yep. now being destroyed by Nico Hulkenberg, who neither of us really have that much of a are, are really impressed with. So what does that say about Nikita Mazepin? Just just ponder that, dear listener, and think about how awful that makes him as we hear these rumors that he will be one of the drivers picked by high tech if they make it into f1 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oof. Yikes. He's probably the worst. He's the worst driver of this era of F1. Like, let's just say the hybrid era of F1. Mazepin, that is not not Schumacher, just in case you were confused. So, yeah, good, good, good question. Good point. Yeah, I guess that's it. Go check out everything we post on social media throughout the race weekend. Go support some journalists out there that are traveling and enjoy all the racing this weekend. We'll be back next week to break everything down. We have a few cool interviews coming up in September that I'm not going to tell you about. I'm just going to mention this at the end of the episodes to annoy you guys. And, you know, if your name is Cody Bray, you're smelly. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.